Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, 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 Sarah. <laughs> Hello. Nice to see you. Oh, yeah. I feel in a spicy mood today, Anna. Well, you know, you're wearing a beautiful yellow sweater. So I think that you're really, oh yeah, you're bringing the sunshine. <laughs> I am bringing the sunshine because it's absolutely peeing it down with rain here. So oh, I need something to brighten up my life. Yes. Oh, wow. And um, speaking of brightening up my life, I would also <gasps> like to show you something rather special oh my gosh when you brought this merch in this morning i thought what is going on we need a shout out here we do so for the listeners i have just shown anna a beautiful yellow mug which has my name on it and hashtag fizzy knickers underneath and on the other side it has geordie lass and doc sass oh my gosh (laughs) and it's this, you mentioned the same font, the same color. Who is this brilliant person who got you this? Well, everything? yes. So our number one um, fan, Rachel, Yay! bought me a beautiful present for my birthday because it was my birthday on Saturday. Happy and um, this will now be my new drinking vessel for um, our lovely podcast recording. Nice, nice. I'm just thinking Joe Rogan probably has his own coffee mug. So Rachel, Mm. you just like provided the coffee mug that's going to go down in history. So way to go. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I am feeling quite spicy this week. Oh my gosh, wonderful. Very good. Definitely required. Yes, I'm ready to rock and roll. Very good. So what was having a birthday in quarantine like? Well, do you know what? I actually had a really lovely birthday and I've spent a lot of time reflecting this weekend on, you know, we had some news where restrictions were changing in Jersey, things were getting tighter. I really sense that a lockdown is on the cards and, you know, even by the time this podcast drops on New Year's Eve, they might have announced it. I don't know. I've got a funny feeling it's on its way. And yes, I can whinge and moan about that but it's not actually going to get me anywhere. So I've decided that I'm going to take a much more reflective approach to life and um, just really count the blessings that I have got. And I know people kind of say this quite a lot, but I'm definitely going to walk the talk. And I had a lovely birthday. So I did some Christmas shopping. I had a little cheeky mulled wine. That was, Mm. they were doing some takeaway mulled wines because all hospitality shut. So I made the best of the situation. I enjoyed, I walked into town. So I got lots of fresh air and steps in, did some Christmas shopping and um, came home and had a lovely evening with my children. And we had nice takeaway pizza, watched a movie, played games. So it was great. It was great fun. Wow. And I am hugely grateful for it. Yeah. Wow, Sarah, that was a real turnaround because I know that you and your gals were going to actually have a little getaway. Yeah. And that had to be canceled. And you had a choice. Your choice one could have been, oh, I'm just going to sulk and it's not going to turn out the way I planned. So I'm just going to generally be miserable. And you took choice two. Yeah. I also, you know, I got up in the morning, I did like a lovely little facial, put some makeup on, I got dressed up and I just thought I'm going to make the most of it. I'm just going to enjoy my birthday. Oh, brilliant. So yeah. Gosh, that's inspiring. And when's the last time you put on makeup, you put on perfume, you put on your nice shoes? Sometimes 
this is kind of calling us to be like, just put your nice, fine stuff on and just go out to walk the dog. Like we don't, exactly. nobody has anywhere better to be. Put your evening dress on and go shopping in Tesco's. Yes, yes. And why not? (laughs) And why not? And listen, people will probably get, it'll probably give everyone a smile to say, look at this person like living their best life. I've got (laughs) quite a funny story that's connected with that actually. So we went, there's a, um, Jersey's obviously a small island in the Channel Islands, but there's another one next to it called Guernsey. Mm. And we went there for a wedding with the children. The children were a bit younger mm. and um, got over there. So we went on the ferry the day before, got, was getting kind of everything ready. Then suddenly realised on the morning of the wedding that I had forgotten to pack some socks for my son. <gasps> <laughs> Oh my God, I thought I can't take him to a wedding without any socks on so mortified so and I was all dressed up I had a long dress on you know I had all my hair makeup done you know you go all out don't you when you go to a wedding Mm -hmm. so I had to get the taxi driver to stop on the way to the wedding (laughs) at a supermarket where I could go in and buy some (laughs) socks (laughs) <laughs> and everybody was staring at me like oh. why why is she in here dressed oh. like that <laughs> but they must have been so pleased to see you you would have totally brightened uh, their day so yeah like just had celebrity to, coming in just had to go with it <laughs> absolutely oh that's wonderful that's so cool then that's a very you know it's kind of like hashtag mom of the year <laughs> kind of moment <laughs> forgot my kids socks yeah well do you know what you can't remember everything can't remember it's impossible we can't keep all balls in the air guys don't put yourself under that pressure seriously sometimes you just have to go into a supermarket to get a last minute thing in your ball gown exactly it is is. exactly there's always a solution ah it's brilliant oh my gosh wonderful (laughs) that's really uplifting because i i think a lot of people are struggling to see what they can do because there's a lot of can'ts out there right now and i think Mm -hmm. that I love the tone that you've set for us, which is just, look, it's really hard. Let's just focus on the things we can do. And heck, you know what? Maybe yeah. they'd be fun. You know, to have your kids over for this this rare moment where they're actually over and they're teenagers, right? So they're yeah. all like, whatever, <laughs> doing their own thing. But to have them come over and to treat their mom and spend time. And what mo- yeah. all moms want is just for their kids to spend time with them. That's the only thing they do, want. Yeah. You kind Absolutely. of had the best birthday ever. It was. It was great. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. That's wonderful. So here's to simple celebrations. I love it. So I don't know if the birthday girl had time to wander over to the International Correspondence Desk of Love. Oh, she did. <laughs> That's a very busy b- birthday girl. <laughs> oh, I've got a coke for you this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good times, good times. <laughs> Go on. So this week's story is about a man who takes his wife out for lunch every Christmas mm to give her her annual performance review. Oh, okay. Oh my God. I'm already sharpening my knives. <laughs> so just take a moment to consider that. An annual oh, performance boy. review, which also includes, by the way, performance in the bedroom. Oh no. Okay, listen, as a relationship coach, we're not supposed to give advice, but I have a few choice words of advice for this woman okay nope nope okay let me suspend my assumptions tell us more (laughs) so yeah so this guy he takes his wife out and i think he's obviously quite wise to do it in public because i swear to god if he was (laughs) if he was doing that in the marital home i can only imagine what the outcome would be 
<laughs> so yeah, so he takes her out and gives her a little performance review and um, tells her where she's done well and um, where she needs to improve and where she's just been kind of okay. So I'll share with you a few things from the list here. So we've got punctuality and attendance. <laughs> we've got attitude and respectfulness. Oh my good God. Accepts criticism. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm just like, wow. This is ever more skating on a thin <laughs> oh edge of my ice. Days. Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Oh, for God's sakes. Job knowledge. <laughs> work quality. Oh, for God's sakes. Conflict resolution. Oh, right. Like that's one sign. Cooperation. Oh my God. <laughs> Meals. Evening entertainment. Oh, is that where sex comes in? <laughs> <laughs> organization skills housewife duties oh my god inventory oh are you serious yeah so this is yeah how how well the cupboards are stocked yeah oh my god availability (laughs) oh right right of course (laughs) technical skills event management and dependability (sighs) oh my god this is horrible okay this is so horrible but they're still married (laughs) what where in the world is this do you know I'm going to guess that it's in the UK because it's in a UK publication. So I'm going to guess that it's there. So I'm assuming somebody leaked this to the press and it was probably the wife, right? So they've been, well, it says here, the husband's gone viral after taking his wife (laughs) of 14 years on a Christmas do, giving her an annual review. (sighs) Oh my God, this is horrible. It's a two-page document grading her performance. That is horrible. So that's hilarious, but it's also <gasps> deeply concerning. It's just wrong on so many levels. So, <laughs> on so wrong many on levels. So many levels. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. Oh I don't know where to start. Whether her thinking that this is okay mm. and not having any boundaries that say yeah. this is not acceptable, yeah. or where his heads at that he thinks that just because she's not working, then she's still she's oh. responsible for all of these things. Mm. Where is the the working together? Where is the oh my god? You know, where's his performance review from her? I was gonna say exactly the three sixty. Yeah. So yeah, I'd... and you know, it's funny that you mentioned like that. He assumes that she, just because she's not working, what if she does have a full time job? Well, no, it does say that she doesn't work. She is a stay at home mum. But they've got like five kids or something, so it's not oh going to be an easy task. I think this is a very, so, okay, so dear listener, I think that you can safely conclude that this is a, an example of emotional abuse, mm-hmm. bit of a narcissist, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, in all fun and games, like this is hilarious, but it's also like, get help. Because if you find yourself in any way where anybody is giving you a performance review or anything of this sort of tone or. Yeah. And I think you should say next year, hell no, I'm not coming out for your Christmas doom. You know what I would love to think, though? I would love to think that this is like a couple of performance artists who go to a local restaurant and sort of and have a loud conversation that could be overheard and they're just taking the piss. That would make me excited as if it's a ruse, a little bit of theater, Mm. a theater installation. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I don't think it is, though. No, crap. I know, you're right, right? Like, it sounds too awful to be true, but unfortunately, there's a lot of people in pretty shitty relationships. And it doesn't have to be that bad to be able to say, you know what, something weird is going on here. There is a picture of Angie smiling, which I find 
no. utterly bizarre. But yeah, yeah. But remember the whole Peloton ad? Like she was smiling too. It's the kind yes. of smile, right? Through gritted teeth. Well, yes, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So yeah, that's the uh, the news of the week. Whoa. Okay. So yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> let's endeavor not to do that. But maybe there is a flavor of something that we can bring forward into healthy relationship, which is if you notice your partner doing something or that they have been doing something, if you see something, say something. So mm. generally positive feedback is the, is the thing that we know drives more positive behavior. You know, I really noticed you've been doing this. I'm really thankful. This has helped me out a great deal. It's really made my life a lot better, more comfortable, easier. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Mm. That's a nice performance review. Yes. Well, that was pretty shell-shocking. I'm pretty <laughs> devastated. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If oh. my dude ever, if he ever, <laughs> there'd be bodies rolling down hills. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I think, I think that started us off on a nice note. Oh, yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you ready for the hot topic? I, I am, I am. It's okay. real toasty in here, but let's <laughs> get even toastier. <laughs> All right. So I think this topic is going to be a really good one because we are, um, as we say, we're ending a year. We're going to start a new year soon. We often kind of have that natural switch where we want to then kind of look at how we can do things differently, how we can make improvements. And we have some renewed energy around it, I think. And um, we're generally recovering from eating too much and drinking too much. And we kind of want to change that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or is that just in my house? Pants aren't fitting anyone. No, you're, you're not alone. <laughs> I tell you what um, my most exciting thing about Christmas is. What? A Christmas fridge. Oh my God. Oh my I love gosh. a Christmas fridge. Oh my it just gosh. fills me with so much <gasps> happiness. Oh and I do that thing where you start round about now, start loading the fridge up with things that nobody's allowed to eat until Christmas Day. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do not touch the top shelf. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh wow. Do you do that? <laughs> oh, you know, so, well, I'm th and I'm thinking too of like, thank God your kids are not in quarantine right now or in the house. Like, I'm not sure where they are at, but like, because I can think of your teenage son, right? And they eat like mountains of food. Yeah. They're very liable to go to that top shelf and grab everything. Well, thankfully, so I went yesterday and I've started, the fridge stocking has started. Oh. And um, so there is some things on the shelf that they're not allowed to eat. So thankfully, yeah. they've stayed intact, which is good. Wow, good. And the children have just left today for a few days, not come oh. back to Christmas Eve. And that's when the eating begins. See, there so you go. All good. Smart. All good. Smart. I know. All right. Got it sorted. Very good planning. So yes, yeah, so once we've kind of, we've had that indulgence, we are ready for a new beginning. We're ready to just really look at things in a different way. So today's hot topic is how to start a better relationship with yourself. Ah, that's a breath of fresh air. Because mm, we're excited. relationship coaches and we're all about relationship and we always forget that relationship with ourselves, which is yes. the most important. Yes. So I'm quite excited to talk about this one because, yeah. as you say, it is the most important thing. Mm. It's also the area where I would say has had the biggest impact on me mm. by improving that relationship with me and who I am. Yeah, tell us more. Yeah, so there's a few things I think that really come up for me about this, having a better relationship with yourself. 
So some of it is on kind of like a mental level. Some of it, I think, is on a physical level. And some of it is on a like an emotional level and mm. then a spiritual level. So I think mm. we've got kind of all these different areas that are going on. And mm. when we can think about it, maybe in some categories, it kind of can help to focus the mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. So when we think about on a mental level, there's a lot to be said for understanding who you are, I think, mm. and understanding the things that are tripping you up. Mm. and then how to deal with some of those things mm-hmm. and it plays into the emotional side as well you know the things that we're saying to ourselves how we are treating ourselves mm. and what beliefs we hold about who we are which then kind of connects to that spiritual mm. being so when I talk about spirituality I talk about the things that are inside the essence of you but mm. also the universe that's around us as well so I think we can then connect into those areas as well mm. and if we can get really clear about who the essence of us Mm. really is Mm. that's a great starting position to then get that light or that fire inside burning brighter yeah well and I have and it brings up imagery too I think of just wiping everything down and getting rid of a lot of the crud and a lot of the debris that has settled on us Mm. from other people's expect you know gosh the baggage that we carry around from things that we were told were us I was even doing a values assessment with somebody recently, and one of the instructions was of this big list of potential Mm. values, circle 10 of them, and just for every single one that you circle, just really check in with yourself. Is that your value, or is that something that somebody else told you that you should value? Is that something that no longer reflects who you are? So it may shock you to imagine that to really find our essence, there's a lot of garbage that we actually have to sort out, put into the recycling bin, and throw out of our house. Mm, Yeah. I like that analogy with the recycling bin. Yeah. So that's a really beautiful way of putting, and I like your categories. And it, and it is true, and it reflects um, a lot of our coaching because we come from the same energy-based coaching program. Yeah. And making these distinctions are really helpful in terms of physical, mental, spiritual, et cetera. Yeah. So what is your approach then as you start to you know, clean out the closet and uncover your essence? What kind of process do you go through? So for me, I do it using a lot of meditation and like meditation tracks that really kind of help me. So I tend to find ones that really just kind of land with me and then I'll stick with them and I'll do them on a regular basis. So I use that. I also use, I've kept a journal for years, like Mm. even before journaling became such a big thing as Mm. it is now, it always annoys me a little bit because people then kind of, when we overemphasize something, then it often diminishes from the original purpose oh, and intention. Yes. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. Like when we overhype something. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Overhyped, um, yeah. Yeah, so I've been doing it since before the kids were born mm. and my daughter's just turned 17. So, and I haven't done it, I don't do it religiously every single day. I tend to write more when I'm upset about something. Mm. So when I'm dead and people read my journals, <laughs> they're going to think my life was miserable. <laughs> because it's all I ever write about is the sad stuff. But um, it's processing though. It's part of your it processing is, yeah. stuff. It is, absolutely. And it's really, mm. I find it really cathartic, really therapeutic just to get things mm. down on paper and get it out of your head. Mm. So I find that that is, is really useful. What I would say though is if I do die and somebody reads my journals... Just look at the space of time between the entries because that will then tell you how good my life was. Yes, yes, yes. So the longer the space, the Ah. better it is. Mm. So (laughs) 
<laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, and that's really inspiring. My mom is a daily diary keeper, mm. and she's never missed a day since wow. since before. And she must have forty years of forty wow. forty five years of journals. That is dedication. Yeah, yeah, very very religious. It, I try and write every day, and I just can't do it. I can't, yeah. and I. And I think this is another thing actually relating to the topic there about having a better relationship with yourself is mm. what's really important is to recognize where something isn't right for you. So mm. I would love to write every day, but I've realized it's not my thing. So mm. why would I force myself mm. to be a certain way? Because I think that's what I should be doing. Yeah. So I think that's something that's like super important when it comes to having a healthy relationship with who you are mm. is look at the things where you're meeting resistance in life and mm. stop doing them. Oh, yes. Yes. So, you know, yeah. I was having a conversation the other day with my other half and I said, do you know what? I don't want to have this conversation anymore. This is not making me happy. Oh my gosh. How did that feel? And he was like, oh, well, no, but this is really good because we're really good at this. And da -da -da -da. And I went, yes, but I don't want to do it. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. So do you know, so because what we're talking about today is being authentic with ourselves. Yeah. What's our relationship with ourselves? Finding out who we are. We watched this video with, or so we watched this film uh, yesterday on the same topic. It was like this horror film this or this weird alternate reality film mm. centered around a dinner party eight dinner guests and they all come together they know each other and some of them hate each other sort of there's exes and new girlfriends and that sort of thing and we just comment upon you know in the western culture it's a it's a very done thing to keep up appearances mm. where we're taught stuff yeah. your emotions stuff what you think or you feel or you believe and just be nice to somebody because you're keeping up appearances you're keeping the yeah. social order mm. and other cultures will look upon that Western uh, phenomenon as very strange to come to a dinner party and you you can't stand another person. They've wandered all over your their boundary. Yeah. They're very toxic for you, but yet you have to be nice to them. Yeah. And we thought, wouldn't it be nice to be able to go into a dinner party and somebody starts chatting you up who's already hurt you or, you know, trodden over your boundaries. Wouldn't it be nice to just say, I don't want to have a conversation with you now. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be but just. You can, but that's the whole thing. But you, you can. can do that. Yes. They're your words, right? You can oh, use them as long as we're not being rude yeah. and yes. disrespectful. I think, you know, as long yes. as we're still treating each other with kindness, you know, yes. we talked uh, last week about kindness and compassion, yeah. you know, as long as we've still got those things, because they're really positive human qualities to have. Yeah. So as long as we've still got those, we can in a nice way say, I don't want to do this anymore. Yes. Gosh, it is so important. And I think it's one of the most powerful things, actually, is just to particularly, you know, talk, we've talked in the past, I feel like we're veering off topic, but I feel like this is important to say. It is important. In the past, we've mm -hmm. talked about kind of conflict, and I'm sure we'll do a full um, podcast on, on conflict at some point. But mm -hmm. in those moments where things aren't, you know, they're reaching kind of fever pitch, the best thing to do is just to press pause mm -hmm. and just say it's not a good idea for us to continue this. You press pause, you go to the loo, you come back and you mm. start with something different. I think that's, you know, one of the most powerful things you can do. You know, it is so powerful. And what it requires is you to be tuned in and present to yourself in the moment. Yes. And to be recognizing that you're getting overwhelmed or mm -hmm. that you're being pushed or triggered. And so that's the relationship with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. It comes full circle because the pro where we get into trouble is we don't have a, a strong relationship with ourselves. We're not tuned in. We're not in the present. We're not feeling our body and our emotions. Yeah. So we get into danger zone and we get into the nuclear 
meltdown yeah. before we even realize we're there. Yeah. So if we can be present in the moment and understanding when we're starting to get to an edge and we can press pause, we're already demonstrating that we're having a, a, a relationship with ourselves that allows us to be tuned in to ourselves in a really deep way. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Gosh, that is... <laughs> I know, I know. I feel like we could talk about this one forever. Oh, so gosh. what else have you got then? What are your thoughts on having a re better relationship with yourself? Oh my gosh, yeah. So, and I think we can both comment upon this. Going through coach training to become coaches, you know, where we, we had other professions and we've come into the coaching realm so that we want to help and heal others by helping them discover their inner wisdom and power. That journey has come from our own... We are the own piece of metal in the fire. We have mm. come through the process. So I feel like coach training has helped me to do a lot of this reflection and to yeah. dive down into figuring out what my essence is. And I think a lot of people can uh, relate. You know, I, I had a strict religious upbringing, uh, strict household and was raised to make other people happy and to, you know, only speak till spoken to and, yeah. you know, be polite and well-behaved. And so to form a relationship with myself, I've had to take a lot of stuff to the recycling bin over the last couple of years. And that is other people's expectations. The ghosts of other people's expectations just sit on my shoulders. Gosh, the things I've done over the years to please other people yeah. who no longer, either the people don't exist anymore or their expectations are long gone or maybe we're never there. Yeah. Arguably, you know, I, I became a doctor because, you know, I, at the age of four, started saying I want to become a doctor. And then as I grew up, I was like, well, I, I can't disappoint people, so I better just become a doctor. And as I went through medical training, it certainly came through, and I, I realized I have to have a different relationship to being a healer than the conventional doctor because I wasn't fitting mm. into the mold. I yeah. was being told I take too long with patients. Um, I'm too detail-oriented. I'm not fast enough. And so I had to actually start to reclaim what being a good doctor is for me. And I had to throw out other people's expectations and see how does MD sit on my shoulders and how do I make it my own? So mm -hmm. my relationship with myself for me has been starting to replace, you know, what other people expect of me and starting to realize like, Anna, you came into this world alone and you'll, you'll leave alone. And so you might as well live by your own code. Mm. So I've been drafting my own code and it's feeling really nice. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I quite like that. So, so we've talked about the essence of who you are. We've talked about then recycling some stuff yeah. and getting rid yeah. of things that just aren't working for us and then creating a brand new code that's just yours. I really like that. Yeah. And it just brings up imagery of when we finally sit down to doing a good house clean or a good spring clean and we take mm. a, just bags and bags of recycling out the door and then you come back into your home and then you see the space that you have, mm. all that abundant space and the light and the yeah. opportunity. And then you say, oh, you know, I can welcome some, either welcome some new things in or rearrange, gosh, that feeling of lightness and of mm. pride and of comfort and, and just that feeling of sitting in your home with a cup of tea or coffee just after you've done a spring clean and you're just surveying, you know, your home and yeah. just that feeling of pride that you kicked out all the things that were no longer serving you. And then mm. everything that left is just and only the things that make you happy or serve a purpose for you. Gosh, that feeling of pride. Yeah. And I think it's about being really intentional about 
executing on that code, that blueprint for who you want to be, and then looking at what might get in the way and then try and remove those barriers or those things that are going to stop you. Mm, Yeah. Can you walk us through creating an intention? So for me, it comes with kind of a daily practice. So it's being really clear about what it is you want, then being really clear about how you're going to achieve that, what will get in the way, what's going to stop you, and then how do you remove that barrier? And then every day, it's then running through that cycle on a daily basis so that you're just really clear about what it is that you're trying to achieve. That's true, because if we don't have a direction, then all roads will lead to anywhere. Yeah. And I find if I say it out loud or I tell somebody else I'm doing it, then create that accountability, Uh then it's just way more likely to happen. I think there's also some um, research that says if you write it down. So I in my journal, I always write down at the the start of the year what I'm going to focus on. And then I've always got you've got it back to then look at. the following year so you've got kind of like a reflection process that can happen Um, but they say if you write it down it's something you're something like 25% more likely to achieve something if you've written it down oh wow and not that you want to sort of be a journaler if you're not a journaler but I think everyone can get behind you know getting some nice notebooks some really fancy notebooks and some beautiful pens and really making something quite fun of it like a beautiful Mm. tactile experience so that's actually a really lovely thing actually I was really inspired I I have a yeah I'll say a friend she takes care of my dog when I'm away and she told me a while back that she's a real notebook hoarder she loves Mm. notebooks and so I love a notebook oh yeah Oh, love a notebook. Isn't it? um, Oh my gosh. Okay, well, you'll love this then. So I took my dog and I went to a little store, a little stationary store just uh, west of Central Park. And I went in little tiny, you know, like the bell on the Mm. door, you open the door and the bell dings. Yeah. And I just had a blast of a time pouring through all the the shelves and picking out some notebooks for her. And I picked out a few, I paid for them, I left the store. And just as I was leaving, I looked into the display window and I saw these handmade, hand embroidered paper, like paper mache sort of. Of, uh, mm. books uh, from India. And I went back to the shopkeeper and I said, are those for sale? And he, oh yeah. He directed me to a pile of notebooks under another pile I hadn't seen. And I saw this notebook and it was in the colors that this girl really loves. And I thought, yeah. oh my gosh, it's perfect. So I said, look, can I actually exchange one out for the other? And so I, I came out of the store with some notebooks and actually some origami, like an origami instruction sheet with mm. some papers. And I felt so beautiful about like mailing them off to her because I thought, oh. you know, not only are we at the end of a really challenging year, mm. but notebooks are a facilitation of intention setting, affirmational yeah. statements and journaling. And gosh, don't we need a little bit of that in 2021? So absolutely. Notebooks. Yeah. Get fun. Oh. So tell me about your notebooks. What are your what are your favorite kind of notebooks? I have loads. So I have literally a book for for almost everything. So I have one that I write the podcast stuff in every week. So this was a present last year, which has got a lovely leather cover and a nice little clip on it. I've got a different, quite a big, thick notebook there, which has got some butterflies on it. That's my journal. And I've had this one, this particular one. Let me see when I start it since January 2015. So this notebook is five years old and it contains lots about my life in it. Wow. Um, I have a different notebook. Oh, (laughs) 
I'm seriously, I'm so obsessed. This one says, don't stress, do your best. This is a little planner. Um, So yeah, I have notebooks for everything. Gorgeous. I don't know if everybody is as completely uh, dim as as I am, but it really missed my mind. Like when you're thinking about a holiday present for somebody, Mm. you know, and sometimes I really like, I don't know what to get, but gosh, getting a good notebook, because some of them are really expensive. Yeah. So if you gift somebody a notebook um, that can be quite a bit of money, it makes for a beautiful gift and it may be something that they wouldn't have bought for themselves because it's just too nice and fancy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. We're veering off topic though, and I need to bring you back. <laughs> I know. I was just like, what kind of brands are your notebook? What kind of pens do you use? Okay. Back oh. in the room. Back in the room. Back in okay. The room. So back to the topic. Mm. So how do we start to have a better relationship with yourself? This wouldn't be complete if we don't talk about body image, I think. Oh, yes. Go on. Because this is definitely a big area for people mm. and getting comfortable with who you are and your own body, your own skin, I think is really super important. If we're going to have a healthy relationship with who we are, we have to be super comfortable with our body. Absolutely. And most of us have crossed into adulthood and persisted uh, with real hatred and shame of our bodies. Mm. That is a truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you do feel that way, you're not alone. There are lots of people, as we know. The majority of people, really. That really, really struggle. But I think if we can reach that point where we feel super comfortable with who we are and our own skin and body, then, you know, we're in a good place. We're doing the absolute best that we can for our own mental and physical well-being. And it's it's essential for intimate relationship as well. Yeah. One of the biggest things that we come across is other people's shame and feeling of insecurity and inadequacy that drives a certain set of negative emotions that then really sabotage relationship. Yeah. If you don't believe that you are worthy of love, you will continue to push against love and affection and it will be very negative and toxic for a relationship. Mm. I remember when I was splitting up from my husband. And as any parent will know, once you've had a baby, your stomach's never the same again. (laughs) So I call it my baby belly. And, um, you know, it's there, it's with us. And some days it's looking better than others. Right now, (laughs) not so great. (laughs) After Christmas, not going to be good at all. (laughs) And that's pretty normal. Yes. So I remember chatting to a um, a friend who was male and we'd had a few drinks and I was obviously feeling a bit sorry for myself. Mm. And I was saying, oh, who's going to want to go out with me? You know, I'm a baby belly and two kids and blah, blah, blah. And I was bleating on, obviously feeling very, very sorry for myself. Mm. And he said to me, Sarah, if somebody's having sex with you, they're looking at your face, not <gasps> at your belly. Oh. And it was the best piece of advice that I was given because I thought, you know what, you're right. (laughs) You're absolutely right. And I think we just have to, you know, if we've got things, nobody's got a perfect body, right? It doesn't exist. It's not all the stuff that we see online and in magazines. It's just not true. That's not how everyday normal people are. Mm -hmm. And we see that when we watch, you know, on TV now, I think there's a lot more stuff that's shared around people regular human beings naked and you can see we are all different we all come in different shapes and sizes and bundles but there's something beautiful about all of us and it's focusing on those those areas that we do like Mm -hmm. about ourselves I could quite easily stand in front of the mirror and list loads of things that aren't right 
Hell yeah. But where mm. does that get you? Instead, I think it's looking in the mirror and saying, oh, well, actually, um, you know, I don't look too bad for my age. And um, I like this part and I like that part. And Absolutely. we all look different with our clothes off. Absolutely. And for me, and I think it's maybe the medical bent, is I, I like to think about function. I think about, I like to think about how our bodies serve us. Mm. And so if I shift my focus to function and celebrate all the things my body does for me, um, then yeah. when I look in the mirror, I'm thinking about gratitude for my strength or uh, resilience or so forth. And those are the mm. things that I tend to, if I look in the mirror, I'm like, I'm seeing strength and resilience and just kind of that keep going sort of attitude. And, it, it, you know, it sort of mirrors in sort of, you know, my slightly stockier frame or whatever that is. But I'm grateful for the function. Yeah, but it goes back to the thing I'm saying about my baby belly. Like, my baby belly is what it is. But it's also the thing that's brought me two beautiful children, right? Yeah. So, like, I look at it and... Yeah. I think, well, yeah, I might have had a trimmer body had I not have had them, but I wouldn't have two beautiful people in my life yeah, that are incredible. there to share things with. It's incredible. Yeah, that's a beautiful celebration of function, for sure. Mm. And of legacy, the, the the legacy that your body has brought you and brought the world. It's yeah. really incredible. And then I think about clothing as a celebration of our body and its functions. So, um, you know, we always say like, you know, get in front of the, the mirror naked, but then, you know, that's, that's one part of it. But how do we then bring clothing and accessories into our life to celebrate our bodies? So a lot of it, you know, actually talking about that closet and the recycling is there's a person who, who has recently thrown out a lot of clothes that represented the things that her toxic ex actually had told her that she should buy or that she should she should right. look good in and she spent years of her life in clothes and in colors that absolutely do not bring her joy and do not compliment her mm. and we also have a lot of stuff in our closet that is possibly of a smaller size and we're just waiting for that right time where we lose weight and can mm. finally fit back into the clothes it's highly cathartic to just recycle those clothes and remove them and yeah. bring clothing in that celebrates who you are right now and makes you feel beautiful. Yeah. And, and that's a massive part of it. When I was going through this period of trying to get more comfortable with who, who I was as a person, I used to practice. Um, so I would exactly like you're saying, really focus on having clothes that bring you joy, that make you happy, that you feel good when you put them on. And I used to make myself every single day stand in front of the mirror, have a good look and actually ah. tell myself that I looked good. So I would kind of stand in front of the mirror and I would be like, I'm looking good. Yes, <laughs> and yes. even if I didn't believe it in the beginning, mm -hmm. I would still say it. And I would do that every day. So every day I would do a mirror check before I left the house. Cool. Just to help to kind of build my own confidence with yeah. who I was and how I looked. Yeah. And then what happened after weeks or months? What did you start noticing about how you were feeling? I think it just becomes more natural. So you then kind of, you do believe it, you have more confidence. And I think you walk taller and brighter, don't you? You just have a, oh, a different aura about your different energy, I think. Absolutely. We know that to be true. Yeah. And every one of us can comment upon how we welcomed people into our lives by just simply walking out the door with a sort of more confident step. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at my closet in my mind right now thinking, is there anything that I'm holding on to that doesn't suit me or fit me anymore that mm. is sort of more that old expectation, but does not resonate with the person I am today? Yeah. I think I may need to 
get a little bit of cleaning and sorting done. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a packed closet, so there's always, there's always something that needs cleaning yeah. and sorting in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a lovely thing. It's a constant process. <laughs> it's a constant it process. It is. Yeah. So, have we missed anything, Anna? Gosh, we could go on for days. This is a I know, beautiful I feel topic. like we could. Yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of people think about New Year's resolutions Mm. And it feels really awful and plodding, like, oh, I guess I have to do this or, you know, write something down, kind of torture myself, whip myself in the next year or so forth. I think what we're putting down is make it fun and enjoyable, tactile, positive, whether it be journaling, notebooks, fun colors, allowing yourself to sort of revamp your wardrobe, doing things that really acknowledge your body's beauty and its function and all that it's brought to the world. Yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff. So New Year's resolutions and, and forming this relationship with yourself doesn't have to be hard work. No, it doesn't. I think get curious, mm. just explore new things, try new things and make a note of the things that make you smile and, and the things yeah. that make you frown and yeah. do more of the smiley ones. Yes. <laughs> My question would be in the first week of 2021, what's that one fun, cool thing that you'd like to discover about yourself? Mm, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, well, thank you. That was lovely. Oh, thank you. I feel very inspired. I love to hear about your processes because it's really inspiring. Mm, I feel full of energy now. Yeah. So, are you ready for a question? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the question this week is My children are rejecting my new partner. What do I do? Oh gosh, this is <laughs> this is a bit of a sticky wicket. It's a hard one. Sticky wicket Ooh. and it's really common. Very common. Oh, it's really hard. I feel like I want to hear about what your thoughts are on this. Well, I've experienced it firsthand. Mm, figured quite, as much. I was going to say quite a few times, but that <laughs> maybe not quite a few times. Fair more than but once. I have ex- yeah. Yes, I have experienced it more than once. Yeah, yeah. that's a very good phrase. Mm. And it's it, this is a tough place to be. It's a tough gig as a parent. Yeah. As a parent that's then gone through divorce and, and uh, navigating all of the challenges that come with that. Mm. The worst thing about this is you're stuck in the middle. Mm. So I have experienced it where you've just felt like you are a piggy in the middle. Yeah. And it's just awful because you clearly absolutely love your children unconditionally. Mm. You also want to find happiness yourself in a new relationship. Mm-hmm. And your, you know, things are, you know, generally kind of at the newish stage mm. still. And so you still kind of want things to be, you know, nice and smooth and lovely. And yet you're faced with this real challenge where you've got two of the most important people or, you know, three in my case, because I had two children in your life and you're kind of caught in the crossfire. So I definitely feel the pain of the listener that's posing this question because it is really, really difficult. Yeah, I think there are things you can do to try and minimize some of the pain. So there's clearly some conversations to be had on both sides. Mm. So there's conversations with the children around why the person is important Mm. and trying to understand where that rejection's coming from. Mm. So is that coming from a place of fear? Is it because they're worried that they're not going to get to have all of your attention and spend all of their time with you? And, you know, then what rules can you then kind of put in place to really help to minimize that, Mm. that impact? Mm -hmm. 
So trying to understand it from their point of view, I think, is the mm. first place. Mm-hmm. So going back to that kindness, compassion, okay, how can I compassionately understand what's going on? Mm. How can we then try and minimise any of those fears that are happening? Mm. There's conversations to be had with the new partner to mm. explain, look, this is a tough place. It's going to be tough for all mm. of us. And I think it's maybe trying not to have too higher expectations about how it's going to be. Mm. I've done a lot of reflecting this week, actually. And I was looking back at some old photographs of um, five years ago when we took all of the children to London. And mm. we had been, maybe it wasn't five years ago, it was four, actually, because we'd been together, I think, for just under a year. And we decided to take the children to watch the fireworks. Mm. They do this amazing firework display, and it was really, really good. Mm. But that was a tough, hard holiday because you had three children two adults everybody wants different things my son was quite young still so he was still Mm. quite hard work sometimes in terms of behaviors you've also got two parents that have brought their children up in different ways (laughs) yeah with different values different approaches different attitudes Mm. and it was it was it was hard it was hard going but having said all of that I did really really enjoy the holiday Mm. There were just some really tough moments in it. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, when we talk about expectation, it's about not having this expectation that everything's going to be plain sailing, you're going to have a wonderful time and you're going to live like the Waltons because it's obviously it's not going to be like that. And it isn't like that even if you're in the same relationship with mum and dad and, Mm. and the children. When I was married, it wasn't always plain sailing. There were moments mm. where it was tough. But I think we have a higher level of expectation mm. when it's in a new relationship and you've got all of these different personalities and different attitudes and approaches to try and navigate. Something you said that was really interesting is that we really, because we expect that it'll be like any other honeymoon dating experience, that everything is really mm. simple. And that expectation sets sets us up for failure because it, it by by definition it cannot be simple. It can never be simple. Nope. And really, when you expect simplicity, what you're saying is everyone behave, and you're actually telling your kids to behave, and that and that probably comes out as like yelling at them, shouting at them, shushing them, don't you know, pulling them aside and be like uh, admonishing them when that's not listening yeah. to what their concerns are. That's not yeah. sitting them down and saying, I really see you're struggling with person x and what's what's going on what are your fears what are what are your feelings what's going on for you yeah and then i think about teenagers Mm. and that's a whole other set of issues and that's when you start to question and here's my question for you is does there ever come a time where you wonder if your children's instinct of what's going on in terms of whether the fitness of this partner whether this partner is healthy for you or not do you ever wonder if your children actually have a very fine-tuned gut instinct that you should listen to Mm. You know, the movies where like the kids kind of didn't like him that whole time, but then the mom was sort of like swept off her feet and only after a while real or like the dog never liked him. So like, (laughs) and he ends up being a jerk and everyone should have just listened to the dog or the five-year-old who knew it all along. (laughs) I think it's a tricky one that, isn't it? Because they will have a view, but I think their view is going to come with a certain amount of bias because... Mm. They're emotionally invested in the relationship as well. And there will be things that do come up that maybe even they don't they don't understand their own emotions or Mm. thoughts or feelings. So I think I don't quite think it's as simple as that. Mm. 
Because at the end of the day, your new relationship means ending and transition for them. Yeah, so I think it is the end of something, but it's not the end of everything. So it's trying to get to the bottom of that, isn't it? And trying to set a picture for how things are going to be and how the children are still as important. I mean, the one thing that we have always said as a couple, coming from kind of divorce and separation, is the children will always come first. And the children still do. And we've been together for almost five years and it's still the case. The children and their needs and always come first even you know sometimes at the cost of our relationship with each other Mm. so I think it's understanding you know I talked before about the conversation with the partner and explaining kind of what's going on there I think it's trying to set some rules around you know rules of engagement I guess so Mm. what is it that you can commit to how do you want how do you want things to be what are your values how do you kind of still honor those Mm. as a couple even though they may be kind of slightly different when it comes to the children Mm. so I'm feeling like straight up opportunity here I'm I'm feeling that in navigating this situation you are really just looking out for where's the opportunity for our children where's the opportunity for our relationship our families as we're starting to define them in a new way Mm. And you're not being dragged down as much into sort of the pettiness and the anger or apathy or passive aggressiveness that you may be dragged into. You're sort of staying above, you're staying at the 35,000 foot mark. Yeah. And I think part of that though as well is not being attached to the outcome. So Mm. we talk about this in coaching about not being attached to the outcome. I think if we can kind of relax a little bit and just relax into it and go slightly more with it. So we don't have this kind of forced, we're not enforcing anything. We're not saying this is how it has to be. We haven't got set defined Mm. ideas about how it should be. We just say we're going to just work with whatever comes up. We're just going to see how things go we're not we haven't got any expectation about how it's going to turn out and if we can do that if we can just relax a little bit often what we find is things do just find a level Mm -hmm. so they maybe find a way that you know things can work so you know as long as we're still treating each other with the respect and the understanding so I think that's an important lesson you know when we're talking to the children about how things are going to be Mm. it's about saying it's not okay to be mean Mm. to the other person but it is okay for you not to come down and play a game if you don't want to Mm. it's about having some certain ground rules where things are like that behavior is not Mm. acceptable but then outside of that just kind of let go and take you know, just take a breath and step back, like ease back a little bit. Oh gosh. Because we can get in this pressure cooker environment and I, I know, oh God, I've been there and it's awful. Yeah. And where you're trying to control everything that's going on, yeah. but in doing so, all, all you're doing is to create more pressure that yeah. at some point will just explode. I love that because... I imagine that a lot of people try to, again, they strive for perfection and they strive to make this new relationship with another partner like easy. So Mm. then they're just constantly yelling at their kids and Mm. they're not allowing their kids to be them. Yeah. So allowing your kids to actually have space to like, yeah, you can stay in your room if you're having a lot of feels right now or, you know, yes. And my new partner is going to see emotions. It's not going to be pretty. Hmm. But if my kids are able to kind of be themselves within, you're right, the respectful playing rules, right? Yeah. Everything else is fair game. And then I love the fact, too, that you're like, you know, a lot of the times people, you know, they're they're solitary 
goal is to make their kids behave so that their relationship with this new partner can continue and somehow mm. bring everybody on board. And what you're saying is, no, divorce yourself from that expectation of this new relationship continuing. It'll do what it'll do. Yeah. But if we can have conversations with both sides and, and just go with the flow, hopefully this relationship will work out. But if it doesn't, what we are achieving together is perfectly wonderful, valuable, acceptable, and beautiful. Yeah. And I think on that note, because what I'm hearing there is from the stuff that you're saying, it is about kind of wanting to create this perfect, happy life so that the partner stays invested yes. and likes what they see. But actually, in reality, don't you want a partner that supports you in the times that are tough? Mm-hmm. So to create this perfect world where nothing goes wrong mm-hmm. yeah. isn't achievable. Um, it's not a realistic goal. It's never going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. And what you really want to know is actually how does my partner support me in that? How does he show up for the difficult times? That's what you want. Gosh, that's absolutely true. I felt a mic drop there somewhere. Yeah. And I feel you come from experience. You've lived this. <laughs> well, yes, there was a lot of passion in my answers today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is such a hot button item. And so yeah. many people are oriented in a direction that is not serving them and is not serving their children, not serving their new partner and not serving what should ultimately be the goal. Yeah. What would be the goal? I would say to tune in to everybody's needs, mm. including your own. Mm. So if we can tap into what do people need in the moment mm. and work with that, I think that would be in a much healthier, stronger place. Yeah. And that includes your own needs. So don't neglect your needs because yeah. often when you're picky in the middle, mm. you're trying to satisfy the needs of the children, make them happy, mm. smoothing everything over there. You then kind of flip into the partner, trying mm. to make sure everything's there. You've got all these plates spinning in the yeah. air and you're the one that ends up bloody exhausted. Mm-hmm. So just get off the roundabout and just tune in. Okay, who needs what today? Oh, And it gets back to getting into relationship with ourselves. Yeah. So imagining whatever the outcome, whether you and your partner stay together or not, whatever comes up is that if that's your goal, to really tune into what everyone is needing, what everyone's feeling, including yourself, then it means that no matter what happens with this relationship, you would have succeeded. Yeah, absolutely. Because it really is about the journey, not the destination. Yeah. And what I would say as well is, um, speaking from experience, is nothing lasts forever. So no matter how shit it feels <laughs> with whatever you're going through, <laughs> nothing lasts forever. It's yeah. all, We are, it's all a moment in time. And when we look back on things, when we look back on difficult events and um, times that have been really tough, mm-hmm. they are actually micro moments mm-hmm. in time when we look back on them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just when we're in it, it feels like it's going to last forever yeah. and you're never going to get beyond it. Yeah. And it's so big. Yeah. And then you may be apt to sabotage relationships because it seems so big. But yet when you look back on it, you realize this was not big enough to sabotage a relationship with my children uh, or, you know, say something or do something that may harm our relationship because this is just these these moments are not they're not so important. So as to eclipse the importance of our relationship together. Beautifully said. Yeah. So this is a, it's a great moment because, you know, over the holidays, there's going to be a whole bunch of people getting to, well, actually, you know what, wait a minute, 
not a lot of getting together under the same roof this holiday. So yeah, so hmm. maybe that's a blessing for maybe some. Maybe it's a blessing, and maybe mm. you know, listen, maybe it's an opportunity to regroup, reflect on some of this stuff, and say, well, yeah. in twenty twenty one. As I'm attempting to bring families into blend, how might I change my approach and reframe things so that I start things off on, on a more purposeful and healthier journey for yeah. me and my my children and, and whoever I'm wanting to invite into my life? Mm. Maybe a bit of Prosecco is needed as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say wine helped me a lot many times. <laughs> That's the unofficial advice from the relationship coaches. There were some challenges where I would say there's not enough wine in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. well, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank hopefully you, Hopefully the listeners did too. And Absolutely. hopefully you're feeling slightly more fresh and ready and some reinvigorating energy ready to take you into 2021 yes <laughs> it's got to be better than 2020 i am focusing on the positive all yeah, the way yeah oh man so the next time we all meet dear listeners is going to be in the new year it is mm -hmm. and we'll see what hot topics and questions we can bring your way absolutely yeah i think it's going to be a good year it is, it is. Mm. So cheers to 2020 and um, <laughs> welcome to 2021. <laughs> Thank you. So glad to see you 2021. <laughs> I was just thinking as I was watching Saturday Night Live, uh, the final recording of 2020. And what's beautiful about this, again, because we always love to sort of form solidarity is like the entire planet considers 2020 to have printed a pretty shit year. Isn't that amazing that we are all in solidarity about this. <laughs> we can all agree. You'll, you'll never, you'll, you'll cross the globe sometime. You'll travel again and we'll all get together in every corner of the globe and say, wasn't that shit? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> but that I promise amazing? you in 10 years time, we'll look back on this moment and it'll just be so small. We won't oh. even, honestly, I promise you. Sarah. In 10 hello. years when we're still doing this, Anna. Yes. <laughs> we're going to dig out this episode. <laughs> and we're going to be like, again, because things seem so big in the present, but yet when you look back on them in the past, we may not remember how shit the year was, but what we will remember is the relationship that we formed with ourselves and with others that, that was truly memorable. And the only reason why we had to is because the Rona just put us into a corner. Absolutely. And we just grew a lot. We'll remember how we grew. We may yeah, not remember absolutely. how shit the year was. <laughs> well, that takes us out. Okay. Well, yes. Till ah. next time, until next year. Till next year, Sarah. Been looking Happy forward New to year. already. Happy New Year. <laughs> so that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one -on -one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.